Dr. Jeff Rose. Jason Pace. Yes. May I call you Jeff? <laughs> I always do. I, I, <laughs> it doesn't I matter, would hope does you it? would. I hope, would hope you would. We are, we've come a long way. I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here across the table, speaking into a mic and uh, at you. Well, we've we've come a way, and it's we been have. a long time, right? Uh, the long way is maybe, maybe, depending on who defines what long way means, but it has been an interesting over two years, right? It's been fantastic. It has been interesting because, you know, when we were talking before we started recording, we figured out that it was March of 2019 when this podcast started, and we were super amateur at that point. Well, if you listen back to the first episode, I, I'm clear that you talked me into it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, did I, I talk you into this? I was, I was trying I to create cover for myself. I remember saying, you were the one who said, let's just give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I use that over and over because I'm always worried if somebody listens and they want to blame me for something, I can always just, you know, That's pass right. the buck That's to right. you for saying, Jeff, you should do a podcast. Right. I think I was going to take the fall for it if it wasn't successful. And that that and was kind I of the deal. All this time later. That was that's kind right. of the deal. And I noticed that we didn't renew my contract in 2020, by the way, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a weird it, year. It has been a while. <laughs> and and let's, we did not, let's, for the listeners, Jason and I, we did not have any sort of um, rough breakup. No, Let's not just all. face it. It's been weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm glad we're here, and I'm glad these people are listening still. 43 episodes later, there there's something to be said for that. And, um, I'll, I'll, I, I mean, gosh. There is, and to be honest, I, I'm glad that listeners have gotten some out of this. Right. Um, but I'm also thankful just personally for the opportunity. I I have learned so much through this process that has actually translated to different aspects of what I do day to day. And I never would have gotten here if you didn't somehow, <laughs> you know, yeah. convince me, let's just try this, Jeff, it's gonna be fun, Yeah. right? And that's kind of how it started. Like, let's just try it. Let's just talk about education stuff. Right. You, you, you are passionate and let's give it a shot and podcasting just sounds fun and you're, a, you're kind of a techie and you love equipment and so, I just followed you. And yeah, we just bought some equipment and just started, right? I got to tell you, too, I remember learning a lot through all of this as well from you, especially when the pandemic hit. And I started seeing and understanding at a parent level and at a, just a normal citizen level what was really going on, you know, when you have to shut down the schools and things like that. So it was fun up to a point, and then it got real. Yeah, it did. And I think it was really it was really appropriate that we were working together, you um, as, as one who understands being an entrepreneur and business and helping me along the way in so many ways beyond just this podcast. And I'll make sure I'm clear to the audience about that. <laughs> but you're not an educator. No, and not at all. And what really helped me is that you asked questions that I think really brought out the right content for listeners because it's really easy for educators to nerd out and forget that they may be speaking in acronyms or talking in a way that actually people can't hear. So I really feel like your questions and guidance and co-hosting brought out the right content for people to actually understand potentially, 
you know, what I ultimately said was, you know, what's under the hood? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think we got some really good feedback from the listeners. The people that are listening today, the people that were listening back then, I mean, what were some of the things that we, we heard from them? Yeah, so that, that's, that's a good question. I think that we, we did hear from people asking about if I am a parent. Yeah. Or if I am a teacher. Right. Right, so it, it reminded me, let's not talk about just educational infrastructure and some of the, you know, technical aspects of managing a comprehensive system like an entire school district. To be quite honest, that, that bores people, yeah, right? It right. may be how I cut my teeth, but it bores people. And so I like that people would ask questions that would, you know, drag us down to earth to make sure we're speaking on things that really matter to people. And education matters. It just right. does. Right. Whether people are excited or angry, it matters. Right. And so at some point, we moved on and started getting some pretty exciting guest content as well, some some really interesting folks on the show. Oh, absolutely. We, we, were, we were really lucky um, to get some, and, and some of them local and some of them not, but it really, really helped getting guests. And I, I actually learned the, the value of guests. Oh, yeah. I actually assumed when we started the podcast meant you and I just talking all the time. <laughs> That's a good thing that it moved on, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. We wouldn't have lasted. And True. there's a lot I have learned about in terms of what works and what doesn't. I mean, there's some, let's face it, we had some dry spells. I had some dry spells. Mm. Life got in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The day-to-day nine-to-five or nine is more like, like six-to-seven. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Work got in the way of podcasting and in hindsight, I wish I did a better job prioritizing it. I mm. wish I was more consistent. I wish that every week I would have had an episode. Yeah. I wish that every week I was practicing and becoming better at this. I think it would have made a difference for me today. However, life does get in the way, and that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. What are some highlights you remember from different guests? I know I have one or two in particular, but what, what stands out? Well, so do you remember the incident? And of course, if, if I was, you know, if I were you, I would remember it right away. But there was an incident where a young man was disarmed at a school by another teacher, mm-hmm. right? And um, I believe... We had an ex. We had a guest on that talked about the situation, and then we had another follow up to that. Maybe I don't know if it was a podcast or one of your your leadership um, videos that you did. That but was you that had was a the video. actual teacher. Yeah, that's on right. On the line, right? Yeah, and we, you we had talked to the school. Yeah. So I remember, I mean, some people remember this incident that happened, but um, I guarantee you the listeners of this podcast will. But, you know, we had this, uh, we had a young man that was had a firearm at a school and was disarmed by a teacher before anything could happen. And so that caused a lot of discussion about, wow, that actually worked out well. Yeah. Right. It's, so that was, that's a memory for me that when that happened, there was a, and of course I, when things like that happen, I go to you and I, I ask you like, Hey, give me the background. Like, what do you think happened here? And all this kind of stuff. So that's one thing that I remember for sure. Um, this may sound sappy. My guess that I remember most vividly was actually my dad. Oh, that's I don't know right. if you yeah, remember, we right. had my, my dad who's not an educator, right? He's a coach. Yep. Um, and I remember being nervous 
because um, my dad speaks his mind and always has. And as in, I, I have I have a podcast which was I think uh, something called um, "Embrace Your Why." Yes, yeah. and in "Embrace Your Why," I kind of describe my my troubled youth as a student, right? <laughs> and while I had no excuse, I was an you know immature kid and difficult to teach and handle for a variety of reasons, and school was hard for me. My dad obviously knew all the details. He knew the right the, the gory details about that. And I thought, as soon as we put a mic on this, he's gonna ruin me. He's he's yeah, he's gonna ruin me. And I, I don't know. Our reputation gonna, is shot. Was he gonna watch his language? I didn't know how he was going to respond. But he did a great job, I thought. But that was really meaningful did we to have sit to, across from my dad. Did we have to bleep him, Carson, or did we just put an explicit label on that episode? Okay, all right. I guess yeah. we didn't have to bleep him after all. Okay. Yeah, no, he he really behaved himself, and and I thought he made some. You know, some really solid points. I'm biased because he's my dad, but um, that one was special to me. And he was live, so he was here in Atlanta. We That's had him right. come into our little room where we used to record. Yes. And um, that, w- that was pretty cool. So one other thing I wanted to bring up in this podcast is there have been times that we – I had podcasts – um, Carson was not sitting on one side or across the table from me, and nor were you. You know, like I said, life gets in the way, and from a business perspective, I was sometimes recording literally out of my office, which is attached to my living room with no door. <laughs> right. And I did the best I could. It was not impressive production, um, that's for sure. But um, what was so different for that for those as opposed to what when we're together is it's um it, it was really hard to yeah. do that alone it, yeah it, because we started this together yep and i always felt awkward i didn't feel guilty i mean it is it was what it was yeah we weren't working side by side in the same building anymore right, right. i couldn't say hey jason can we do a podcast on tuesday that's right but um Man, I I miss this. I missed being able to look at you in the eye as we kind of peer over these microphones. Yep. I miss uh, you know, your being jealous of your voice and um, you know, your your often silly banter. So just know that while I tease you for actually roping me into this deal, yeah. It's uh, it's been very memorable for me working with you in that way because let me say to the audience, Jason Pace didn't just hold my hand in podcasting. I had no idea how to manage anything as an <laughs> entrepreneur and start anything. I had to ask question after question and have you hold my hand every step of the way. So this time of not working directly with you on the podcast, um, I've really missed. And so I, I just I want to publicly thank you for not just the podcast, but for everything. Well, you are so welcome, and I'll say you were a quick study because, I mean, I think uh, we're going to be talking about some pretty big things that are going on, right? So it's been a pleasure, first of all, and it's just to be even a small part of the mission that you that you started a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Um, I, I one of the memories I have was just of going to the offsite that we had in Arizona and watching that collection of people 
go through those exercises and those um, those different sessions that they did. And I thought, wow, okay, you know, up until this point, all I've done is some podcasts and we built a website and, you know, you and I were working shoulder to shoulder at times, but there's real people here. And I didn't, I had never met any of them up until that point. And so I thought, this is a real deal right here. This, this, this stone's rolling, you know? So anyway, now it's been a pleasure to be a part of that. Now that brings us to the obvious question, which is, What's going on with Leading Ed now? Yeah. Um, so that moment when we had people with us in Arizona. Yeah. Right? We were at that beautiful Camelback. resort. Yeah, Camelback. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, I thought at the time, you know, we're just starting, but we're on to something. Yeah. It was just a couple months later that uh, <laughs> I heard of this thing called covid Right, yeah, well, and yeah. <laughs> we we had to shut down our trip to Texas, and that's right. I thought, oh no. So, basically, leading Ed is no longer. Yeah. So, which while, sounds while the, sad. What is it is <laughs> it is sad, but it's actually something to celebrate because leading Ed um, once once that once COVID hit. We had to change our model. Right. And so we got a lot of advice from our members and beyond, and we just changed the model. And from that, we experienced some pretty quick growth. Yeah. Which was which was neat. Right. And that created um, a lot of excitement about what I thought could be. Yeah. And then along came this discussion with a very large worldwide educational nonprofit called Cognia. Mm-hmm. And I'll start with the, the end in mind. Leading Ed is joining Cognia. Right. So we right. have joined Cognia. So now we are part of the infrastructure here at Cognia. And from all of our members to all of our structures and systems, we are now going to be doing under the roof and umbrella of this really impressive organization so it's you know somewhat uh, i can't say merger because i was so small in comparison to to, <laughs> right. to, to what um, cognia does for schools and school districts and students and teachers throughout the world it's uh it's an honor to be here well just in case anybody listening doesn't know the name cognia because i'm sure all the educators out there automatically do but just would do you want to say a few things about what cognia does as an organization sure i actually don't think that not i think a lot of educators do not know cognia the word and the name cognia is still fairly new it Mm -hmm. used to be called advanced ed okay and advanced ed was really known for the reputation as an accreditation organization okay they went through the accreditation processes with schools and school districts, public, private, charter, independent, etc., and um, we're we're just well known throughout the world for that. And then, um, thanks to uh, some really smart people here at Cognia, they they realized they wanted to make sure to be more comprehensive, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to be Apple, not Kodak. Yeah, and so they started to lean into the concept of school improvement. We think they think accreditation is part of the school improvement process, but they started to build infrastructure to support schools, just in wanting to improve. And so they have been building some of those systems and structures, and there have been kind of some other mergers with an assessment organization called uh, Measured Progress. And so with that, they rebranded 
and have relaunched, and it's called Cognia. And Cognia works with, now wrap your head around this, 36,000 educational entities, impacting 5 million <laughs> teachers, 25 wow. million students across 85 countries. So that is a different infrastructure than I had at Leading Ed. Uh, yeah. Right? And so for me to be able to come and build a new division, because that's what Cogni, that's what we've been discussing for months, is take what we learned at Leading Ed and actually improve it. Right. Expand it and, you know. Give it more resources. Give it more resources, but give it more reach and truly take this um, yearning to impact leaders in a positive way based upon their real pragmatic needs and, um, you know, create a community. Right. You well, know, leaders helping leaders. It's hard to convey on this podcast to anybody who wasn't there behind the scenes just how small Leading Ed really was, right? And we can say that now because you're a part of Cognia, but truly that was a Herculean effort. Is it Herculean or Herculean? You should know you're a doctor. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. I'm Either not, way, the point being that is that, um, you know, I got to see, I got a, a front row seat at, at you literally starting this up by yourself and then adding Lauren and some other folks and, and, and Kathy. And, and then, you know, I remember going to Camelback and it was Lisa, your wife, and one of your neighbors that were yes. at the registration desk, right? And, and all these people were being impacted by that. And so, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the you generated the demand that proved the business case is what I think right is the way I look at it and now you've got again you've got that reach because what have we said from the beginning I think one of the first podcasts was leadership is lonely or something like that was we, that our we, topic? we had we had one of our first few was yeah. that leadership, leadership is lonely, is lonely. W- which is really the the crux Absolutely. Even though the model has changed, that part has never changed. It's <laughs> actually it become will, worse. That's true. It will never. It will never change. Um, and and you're right. Uh, throughout what we've been through with the pandemic and all the changes and the uh, the dynamics of that, it has become even more true. And so now the ability for you to reach more leaders leaders who are in that position, right, is just phenomenal and it's got to feel good right after all that work because starting a business isn't it's a nightmare it's really really difficult and some people most people don't know how hard it is and so um for you to get here for us to be here now in this building and and, and folks we're in the cognia headquarters in alpharetta georgia basically across uh what uh the, the a, a, freeway a street right? i mean yeah from, from where, where you started that's exactly right? right literally could drive a golf ball probably to your original office over there from here and um and what's important in to the listeners and everybody else is the momentum that this thing has gotten even despite a p- pandemic and being all this disruption and the ability to impact leaders uh at a, on a much wider scale right <laughs> A hundred percent. And I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. When I left that seat, that superintendency seat, and, and you know mm-hmm. how hard that was for me. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. the life-altering. Life yep. I mean, that was, that was brutal because I believed that was my calling. Yeah, yeah. So when I decided to step out stage left yep. or right, I don't know how to describe that. When I decided... I went through this kind of identity conversation about what am I going to do and what do I want to be. Right. 
So I came up with this wild idea of <laughs> if I could impact leaders, right. I could actually expand my sphere of influence. That's right. From what I and then I went to a desk by myself <laughs> and decided, oh, I'm going to do this, but I don't have no idea how. Right, and, you know, right. it's a different kind of loneliness, really, really hard. So to get to a place where now, I actually, I didn't ever achieve, but I think I'm going to now. Oh, sure. I well, think, I think it's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. the real, I mean, you know, you hear stories about entrepreneurs starting businesses and all this kind of stuff. You hear the one out of a million story and you think that's how everybody's story is. The truth is, is that there are hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs out there slugging it out and you were one of those. And it really, it's, it's a testimony to the fact that this, this is your mission the fact that we're here now. So what do you see now as the future? What do you, how do you, like what's going to change? What do you, how are you going to be able to deliver more? Um, what are the listeners, what can they expect? Well, um, if, if one of our members was listening, um, there, are, there are many things we will do very, in a very similar way, right? So right. when we do our solution circles, right? The concept, you've got a problem, you can submit it. We're going to gather your peers to lean in and support you with the protocol that we facilitate. Right. And, you know, that is a very freeing um, kind of meeting to go through. That is not your typical meeting. Right. right? So we will still do those. We will still be searching out content, experts in areas, but based upon issues that our leaders are having. So it's a very organic process. I don't decide what I think our leaders need to hear. I wait to hear from them what they're challenged by. Mm -hmm. Our job is to go mine right. and find really good content that actually supports them. Those things, they stay the same, but we can improve on how we deliver them. Right. Right. We, there's, we can now have face-to-face -face events again. I mean, obviously we'll pull through this eventually, face-to-face -face events because you should see where we're sitting. I know. <laughs> right? We sit in this beautiful yeah. place that is begging for leaders to gather. I can't and we're wait. going to bring them here. Right. At times, we'll go to them. But to have infrastructure and team beyond myself, lonely at a desk, yeah. scratching to try to figure out day-to-day. -day, right. And Cognio wanting to impact leaders and absolutely. bringing me here to do it, I think it's an absolute dream. And I think our processes will only become kind of more pristine and um, sharper to be yeah. able to meet the needs of our leaders. All right. Well, I guess, Jeff, we could go on and on about what's happening at Cognia. Obviously, everybody's going to get a front row seat to that. I'm so excited about that. And all the, I can't wait till we get another group in here. I'm going to sneak in here with a badge just so I can see it, see everybody react to this amazing facility and, and how it's going to go forward. But so tell me a little bit of what, what's going to happen to the podcast now. Am I out of a job or what's the deal? Um, uh, it, it's awkward having to lay to fire you me off like this? on yeah, air. I know. Um, I know. This is the last podcast. In mm. fact, you know, we have been in, in, super inconsistent because of this <laughs> summer and me transitioning to, but um, both you and Carson sitting to my right, you both received the text, which I think said, let's get the band back together one, one last time. One last time. Right. That's and right. this is the final leading education podcast because 
this will not be the last time I podcast, right? But we're going to be shifting to a different structure, a different name, and kind of a rhythm on how we do that. So, leading education is going to be no longer. It will be rebranded, so to speak. Nice. And it's going to be called Leader Chat. Leader Chat. And it will be extremely consistent. People will be receiving weekly um, drops of the new podcast based That's upon fantastic. the rhythm. I interview every member, excuse me, every guest live mm. and Cognia Leadership Circle members, that's what we call it at, at Cognia, mm-hmm. the Leadership Circle. Yeah. Cognia Leadership Circle members will get to listen and engage live somewhat like an, you know, a oh, television show. Yeah. Then that becomes not just content for our members, but later becomes a podcast for the public. Yeah. So um, we have a structure and a system on how we're going to do that. I actually was messing with that myself as a, in leading ed, so we know it can work. Mm-hmm. And now, like I said, we're just going to improve upon it, expand our audience. We'll be able to send an email to, you know, instead of my, my list, um, right. <laughs> through Cognia to members about this podcast, I really anticipate people appreciating it, and I really appreciate it. it really, I mean, I expect it to grow. That's fantastic. Well, it's rare to be able to be a part of something that's going to make a really large impact, and I believe this will. Now, Jeff, we don't actually have a guest with us here today, but I know you have a special treat. Can you tell everybody about what, what who's going to join us or or what's next on this particular episode, this last episode. Yeah, the, the, this next part, what people will hear, is a pre-recorded interview that I had with John Gordon. Okay. John Gordon, the best-selling author, motivational speaker, who is kind of the, um, he's the guru of, of positive leadership. And he and I had a chance to do a live interview at, at a studio several months back for our members. And I've been holding on to it. I've been holding on to this recording, waiting. And now is the perfect time. So when this when this version when this shifts over you'll be hearing me and john gordon everyone keep in mind he is not here with us so if the sound shifts or changes <laughs> um you know instead of carson being mad at me um just listeners know that this was recorded in a different place but the message he gives is maybe more appropriate now than it was a few months ago based upon you know what we're, what we're all living through right Carson, I, I, I too want to thank uh, Carson. He his 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 voice isn't heard, but um, there have been so many times you and I have really just screwed things up. True, and then he fixes it. Yep, and uh, we're very thankful for that. From the music, the music um, he wrote, the music he, really everything behind the scenes. When it sounds good, yeah, you know Carson's behind it. When That's it doesn't, right. it's because I tried it on my own, <laughs> right? That's right. And so, um, Jason, I want to say thank you for not just being a friend, but a mentor along the way. You bet. Um, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy John, Gar- John Gordon, and know the next time you hear this podcast, it won't be leading education. It'll be leader chat. I will still be here, and we're going to have some incredible guests. We already have them lined up. Everyone, be well. Leaders, so what you just saw were some clips on some of the leader chats that we have been doing with some of our members and leaders throughout the country. 
And we decided to cut that short because our next guest is with us and we want to make use of your time and his. John Gordon is a best-selling author and keynote speaker, the president of John Gordon Companies. John Gordon's best-selling books and his talks have inspired leaders and audiences around the world. His principles have been put to the test by numerous Fortune 500 companies, professional and college sport teams, school districts, hospitals, nonprofits. He is the author of 23 books, 23 books, including 10 bestsellers and five children's books. His books include the timeless classic, The Energy Bus, which has sold over 2 million copies, The Carpenter, which was one of the top five business books of the year, Training Camp, The Power of Positive Leadership, The Power of a Positive Team, The Coffee Bean, Stay Positive, and The Garden. John and his tips have been featured on The Today Show, CNN, CNBC, The Golf Channel, Fox and & Friends, and in numerous magazines and newspapers. His clients include the Los Angeles Dodgers, Campbell's Soup, Dell, Publix, Southwest Airlines, Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Rams, Snapchat, Truist Bank, Clemson Football, Northwestern Mutual, West Point Academy, and many, many more. And so, John, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a bit starstruck, right? And I'll explain why in a second. But thank you so much for giving us some time. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to uh, be sharing with you today. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell this what is kind of a long story really fast, and then we're going to dive in. And this is why I am starstruck. Uh, years ago, I was a superintendent in Oregon, and um, our athletic director gave me the, the first book he wanted me to read, The Energy Bus. And he said, you got to read this. I just heard this man speak. I'm on fire. Read it. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. And I put it on my shelf. Um, and I didn't read it. And then years later, when I was transitioning to another district, he ended up bringing me a gift, and it was a bus. And he said, keep this on the desk of your next district. Because he said, which is a compliment, you really represent some of the energy that you know, I heard from this man, John Gordon. On the plane ride to my new location, I skimmed through it really fast way too fast. I will tell you this, John, it wasn't until years later when I was actually at a really difficult time, I read it, and then that was it. So I've been like this crazy, you probably hear this stuff all the time, and I, you probably hopefully don't get used to it. I have been this crazy fan for years. I've read most of your books. I have listened to every single podcast. It dings on my phone when there's a new one, and I listen to it. So just know that you have made a difference for me, which is why I have been begging for just a little bit of time. It's so generous of you. Well, it means a lot to me to hear that story. I don't get used to it. And I'm thankful that you listen to the podcast. And also, you know, we read the books when we're meant to. I mean, you obviously weren't meant to read it at that time, but you read the books in your life when you need them most for your life. And that's been my journey as well. I read books at the right time when I need a certain message. And I trust that the right book will show up at the right time. And it's why I love to write the books I write. I want my books to show up at the right time for people when they need it most, especially obviously educators who are always facing so much change and challenges and adversity. And I love to encourage educators. And I have a, a background in education. As you probably know, I have a master's in teaching. And so I, I just love talking to educators. 
Well, I'll, I'll launch in and just know that, you know, I know for a fact that you and I are of the same faith. And I think for some reason, it was like divine intervention that I read that energy bus at the right time because uh, it, it definitely pops and uh, made a difference for me. So here's, here's where I want to launch. From a leadership perspective, like your message of positivity is so crucial right now. And of course, during this very difficult time and circumstances that we're living through. So what are you seeing from leaders and how has your message maybe even changed over the past year? It's so interesting to hear that because my message has been the same. I get asked that question a lot, but my message has actually been the same, but the way people are receiving it has totally changed because right now people are struggling more than ever. There's more anxiety and fear, uncertainty, doubt, negativity. People are struggling with their mental health. So I've been sharing a lot of encouragement, a lot of positive messages, and I've become more convicted than ever in positive leadership, in positive teamwork, in staying positive through these challenges. Not Pollyanna positive. This is not about ignoring reality. This is about maintaining optimism, belief, and faith in order to create a better reality. It's not sugarcoating situations. We know this is tough. We know this is challenging. We know people are, are really struggling. We listen to them. We have empathy for them. We are there for them. We are not just saying, hey, just be positive. But we're not going to allow negativity to sour our situation. And so I've been more passionate than ever, more convicted than ever that this is the message people need to hear and that positive leadership really works. Because I've been hearing from a lot of leaders saying that you know, my messages, my books have really helped people to lead during these challenging times. And I feel like I was made, I was born for times such as this to bring this message. Because I struggled years ago when I lost my job during the dot-com crash. I was actually really negative and struggling and crumbling from the inside out. And I believe what I learned then during that time, my own personal crisis, would allow me to develop the strength, the resilience, the grit, the optimism, and the faith to be someone who can lead and be a light for others during this time. So the message hasn't changed, just more convicted, more passionate about it than ever. And the way people are receiving it is really resonating right now like, because of what people are going through. It, it, it aligns to what I just described, right? So when uh, during this time that I needed it, um, your, your message um, kind of popped. And so um, just know that I'm not the only one. Many of our members who have really demonstrated that how excited they are for you to be here, it's because they have been leaning on some of your words and some of your work. And school district leaders, right, we're, we're really focused on superintendents and their executive teams. They're suffering and wading through so much negativity and challenges. In fact, many of them have said, I can't make a good decision. It's actually literally impossible at this point in time, making decisions on behalf of kids, that they can make a good one. So they're exhausted. So that being the case, what advice do you have for them? Well, I spoke to a group of, of superintendents, especially in, the, um, in, in Long Island, where actually I'm from, from early on in the pandemic. And you're right, it was hard for them to make a good decision. But I believe there are good decisions. It may not be a popular decision, but there are good decisions. There are principled decisions. And we make decisions based on principles, not circumstances. We know that we are here for the students. We know what we stand for. 
And I know many people are focused on safety. Okay, we're going to be focused on safety. I know people are talking about following the science. All right, let's follow the science. Let's show what the, let's, let's do what the science shows. Let's make a difference in these children's lives. Let's lead in such a way that may not be popular, but at the same time, we'll be doing the right thing for those that you lead. So it is not easy. Your job is harder than ever. You never thought you were going to have to make the decisions that you have made recently. Think about it. You've never had to make these decisions before in your life. You never thought you would be dealing with tests and COVID and a virus and uh, having to have students quarantine and teachers quarantine. You never thought you would have to do that. And now you are. So how do you lead through a crisis? Well, a crisis will determine who you are, what you value, and what you believe. So who are you? That's the most important thing to decide right now. I realize I'm an encourager. So as a leader, you want to make sure you're encouraging others and, and bringing that positive leadership to others. They need your leadership now more than ever. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm telling them. Stay positive, leader. Your team needs you. Even though everyone else is getting negative, you stay positive. What do you value? And that's what we just talked about. You value your teachers, your staff. You value your students. You value your community. Focus on what you value. And then also, it's so important to, to basically go forth on what you believe and who we are, what we value, what we believe. And what you believe is important. And leadership is a transfer of belief. So to move through this challenging time, you need to believe, your team needs to believe, and you need to have hope for the future because leaders are dealers in hope. So let's point our teams towards a brighter and better future. Let's point our staffs and our school district towards the future. Yes, we were here yesterday, but here's where we're going now. Yes, we're facing this challenge, but, but we're moving towards this vision. And I know this stinks, but we are working towards this common vision together. So getting everyone on the bus and moving in the right direction with the shared vision, focus, and purpose is now more than ever, is now more important than ever. Invest in your leaders, develop your leaders, develop your principles help them lead during this time. That's why I'm so passionate about what we do. We have this whole positive schools initiative that we now take the power of positive leadership and bring it to a district to have each person in the district who is a leader learn to be a positive leader. And we are now more passionate than ever about implementing that to help school leaders develop and implement this in their schools to impact everyone they lead. I really appreciate you saying principal decisions. I had a, an email come from one of our members today where they had a tragic incident yesterday, um, not related to COVID, but, you know, came in a really difficult time and was actually saying, I, I wish I could be there today, but I can't. And I reminded him that, that tough times don't build character, they reveal it. And um, mm. so I, I, that comment you made is, is really, really appreciated. Now, you are um, very, very transparent about your challenges. Right. You often, you have been, which, I, you know, that humility has been um, inspiring. So can you explain to our members a little bit maybe what your life has been like these days and how you personally are coping? Yeah, it's been challenging with my business in March, last March, just basically crumbling, no speaking engagements happening, and a lot of uncertainty and fear, not knowing what the future holds. But I returned to my vision and mission during that time, and it was to encourage and inspire millions of people, one person at a time. And that was my mission to do that one person at a time. So I got back to that early on in March and said, okay, I'm going to encourage people. I'm going to make a difference. And that was something that was really important to me. 
I was going to focus on what matters most. And that's relationships. My son was home from college. And so he was struggling. So it really allowed us to spend some quality time together last spring when he was home. But he's struggling right now. This pandemic has not been good for him. He is not someone who does well online with Zoom classes, right? He doesn't do well with that. He really likes to be in person. So we are struggling right now with what he's going through, what he's dealing with, a little depression, a little mental health challenges. And here I speak about this, right? I have a son that's dealing with that. So so really being there for him and helping him through it has been part of our challenge. So I see what the students are going through. It breaks my heart. I see what these teenagers are dealing with in terms of mental health, suicidal thoughts, the anxiety they have, not being able to partake in activities with their friends from an athletic standpoint. We're all moving out of that, which is good. I believe we're moving in the right direction with that. So that's good, but it's been hard to see everyone go through that. So for me, I've experienced it personally with my son. I'm seeing it a lot of people that I know, but what am I doing? Finding ways to be useful, finding ways to serve, finding ways to help others. And my wife and I, you know, we wrote a book right before the pandemic called Relationship Grip. And we are really passionate about helping couples stay together and relationships stay together. And so personally, a few months ago, I asked my wife on a scale of one to 10, how much do you like to be married to me? She said, pre-COVID or now. So, you know, we're having to do a lot of work at home too to make sure that we stay strong together. But it's really funny. We actually implemented the same principles from that book in our own relationship. And it really helped. The four C's, communicate, connect, commit, and care. And if you do those four C's, you're going to improve your relationship during any challenging time and in the good times as well. So we've been working on that a lot at home. And I got to say, my marriage is stronger than ever, even though I've been home a lot more, as my wife will tell you. Uh, she's like, I think you need to start traveling again soon. But we, we are stronger than ever. But our kids, are you know, their challenges always weigh on us. And so with our son, we're really trying to make sure we're there for him. Well, I'm going on 26 years as a married man, and um, I am not going to be asking my wife that question. Right? So um, it just doesn't seem appropriate. I don't think I want to hear the answer. So, um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I also want you to know that we have purchased like uh, uh, several handfuls of signed books that we're going to be kind of auctioning off to you. You'll hear from Lauren about that. So I wanted you to be aware that a lot of what John has written, we also have coming your way too. Now, when I was sitting in the superintendent seat, so um, I can tell you that I wore my hours like a, a badge of honor. I almost felt empowered to demonstrate that I was going to work harder than anyone because it was my job to serve. And so, you know, honestly speaking, I, I did that intentionally. And I have felt recently like it's my job to describe to our leaders that, you know, that's actually damaging especially at a time like this. So what are your thoughts on self-care for leaders, especially at a time when, you know, they are struggling through some of the negativity that we've talked about? I had a superintendent come up to me after one of my talks at a, a big event, and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, John, please tell people my story so they don't make the same mistake. He said, my son is addicted to drugs, and I'm really working with him right now. And when he was younger, I was not there enough for him. I was so focused on all these other kids in my district and all these other people and not my own family. 
And so I know that you care about your district, you care about your kids, you care about your teachers and your staff and everyone who works there, but your biggest priority has to be your own family. It has to be your own mental health and it has to be your, your own, your own well-being. And here's why, because if you are not healthy, you can't help others who are sick. And so you have to make sure that you are feeding yourself so that way you can feed others. So each day you feed yourself with optimism, with belief and positivity. So that way you can feed others. I go on a walk every morning. I take a thank you walk. While I'm walking, I just say what I'm thankful for. And the research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So every day I'm doing that. I'm creating a fertile mind that is ready for great things to happen. I'm flooding my brain and body with these positive emotions that uplift me rather than the stress hormones that slowly drain me. At night, I'm reflecting. I'm doing a success journal. I'm doing a lot of prayer. I'm doing a lot of gratitude. I'm feeding myself each day to be able to take on the challenges. So that way I have the encouragement and the belief and the optimism and the energy and the love to share that with others. And so it's not one or the other. You can do it all. You feed yourself. You feed your family. And then when you're at your district, you're, you're feeding the people there. So when you're at work, you're engaged at work. When you're at home, you're engaged at home. And you make both places a priority. And it is possible, right? You can do both. And you just have to find that rhythm. I don't say balance because I don't believe balance really is something that's achievable, especially if you're a superintendent, right? If you're a school leader, you're not going to have balance, but you can have rhythm where you might work really hard for five days and maybe you don't spend as much time with your family. But then on that Saturday or Sunday, you spend a lot of time with your family. You make that really a time of priority, a time of focus, a time of investment. And you do that. And so there's things that you can do to make sure that you're, you're bringing quality time and rhythm to your life to invest in your relationship. So Self-care is essential. And by the way, if you're not okay, I want to say it's okay to not be okay. We need to be honest about that. It's okay to not be okay, but we don't want to stay there. We don't want to allow that to take us down a spiral staircase of depression and despair. We want to make sure we're feeding ourselves every day with gratitude, with prayer, with meditation, all these things that help you take care of yourself. So that way you can feed yourself, build up that resilience, that grit, and then feed others. And if you're struggling, I'm not trying to be self-promotional, but we have the Power of Positive Leadership Program. Take part in it. It's a one-day training, and it really will help you feed yourself to learn how to feed others. And we created that to help leaders be the kind of leader that takes care of themselves, but then they have a lot more to give to others. What is your advice on moving the unmovable? Right, that that faculty member uh, who you know poisons the well of possibility, and um, for you talk about this, you may. Um, so I'm I'm curious, what is your advice? And as you might imagine, right now because of fear, there's a lot of unmovable folks out there. Well, there's a difference between like healthy fear, concerned fear, and then someone who is being an energy vampire and just is sabotaging the school, sabotaging the energy of the district, of the staff, of the morale. And so we have to make sure that we are, are distinguishing between the two. One person can't make a team, but one person can break a team. And so with those people, you have to build a culture that is so strong, a positive culture that is so strong that people like that do not feel like they fit in to your culture. We, was work, we were working with a, a school, a principal as part of our Energy Bus for Schools program, and 
she had this one person who would not move. That person was like, I've been here before you. I'll be here after you. And I'm not changing, right? And we said to this principal, just keep building your culture. Keep getting everyone else on the bus. Get the people who are, are lukewarm. Get them on the bus. Get the people who maybe are, are thinking about, you know, you know, not wanting to go downward, but they want to go upward towards a more positive culture. They want to actually see positive change. They haven't been open to it, but they are now. Bring them along as well. So she kept on doing it, kept on building her culture, kept on investing in that leadership and that team, really focused on it. By the end of the year, that one teacher who was really immovable, who would just not change, she went up to that principal and said, I can't do this anymore. This is too positive for me. I won't change. So I feel like I'm getting run over by the bus. And she left. And she's now on another bus somewhere else. And that principal told us after she left, morale enhanced, the energy changed. It was like, I mean, everyone felt free. It's amazing how one person could affect the morale of your culture and of your school. And here's the deal. We have a vision and mission. We're here to make a difference in these, in these students' lives, in these kids' lives. That's why we exist. And anything that gets in the way of that needs to change, be transformed, or needs to go. Now. That doesn't mean that we are mean to people, negative to people. We don't want to be negative about negativity. We have to make sure that we're calling people up to greatness. We're lifting them up. Those who are struggling, those who are fearful, those who are down, we lift them up as a leader. That's where your leadership comes in. But if someone really is sabotaging the culture and they're just there for summers off and don't really care about the paycheck and they are being disrupting to the mission and the vision and they're sabotaging the vision and mission of what you're here to do to impact kids' lives. And if they affect that in any way, because we know what we stand for with our culture, then we have to address that. And what we have to do is document, document, document. You do everything you can to build your strong culture. You hopefully, you hope this person will get off the bus. If they don't, then you may have to let them off, but by taking the necessary steps to building your culture. So there's no perfect answer. There's no right answer, but that's, that's what we prescribe and we've seen it work in a lot of situations, in a lot of places. Well, what, what you just described was uh, what you said earlier, a principal decision. Sometimes you need to make a principal decision, even when it's hard, to benefit the culture and, of course, the kids. And as you're talking, I promise you, we had leaders across the country shaking their head up and down. And so this is, this is my last question, and then because we need to value your time. And um, at Leading Ed, we talk about leading up, out, and down. And it's a big challenge in an environment like this leading up, right? Superintendents answer to a board of education, this governance process, which is, it's political stuff. So when we're wading through some of the politics, one of our members made sure I ask you this question. Do you have any nuggets of wisdom? Yeah, lead your leaders. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Know that you create from the inside out. The power is inside you. So you're not going to allow your circumstances. You're not going to allow negative influences and even negative people like negative board members to affect you. You're going to make sure that you lead with your principal decisions, focusing on your purpose. Your purpose is greater than your challenges. Your vision of where you want to go is greater than your circumstances. And you're going to make sure that you lead in such a way that you're going to lead those leaders. You're going to talk about culture. You're going to talk about what you're building. You're going to get them on your bus. You have to make those, those people a member of your team. 
you have to make sure that they buy into your culture. They buy into your vision, include them as part of it. You have to sell them just like you have to sell your teachers and your students on the vision of where you're going. So you have to get buy-in. So do your best to not make it adversarial. Do your best to get them to buy in. Do your best to stay positive and do your best to be principled. When I think about this, I think about Dabo Sweeney. I worked with Clemson football for the past nine years. And when he got that job, there was a lot of negativity around him. There was a board of trustees. People didn't think he was going to have the job the next year. There were angry fans. No one really liked him, but he led with his principles. He led with his values. He led with what he wanted to build and he shared his positive energy. And now everyone is on his bus by the way he led. He won a lot of people over, but at first he didn't have a lot of supporters. You got to look back at that and say, this guy did not have a lot of supporters, but now he did. Why? Inside out. When I first started writing and speaking, no one knew what an energy bus was. No one liked the energy bus. Initially, it was rejected by over 30 publishers. I kept on moving forward with my belief, my vision, my principles, and sharing it. I'm talking to you today because I've lived these principles. And so when I talk to superintendents about this, I say, your positive energy must be greater than all their negativity. So let's make sure that we don't allow those negative board members or those board members who are focused on themselves, not you and the students. We don't let them sabotage us and our vision and mission. And we're going to be more powerful. Eventually, they will get on our bus. But develop a relationship with them. Invest in them. Get their feedback. Ask for their input. And the more you do, they'll buy into to what you're doing and where you're going. John, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for the impact that you've had on me. But also thank you for the impact that you have on those leaders that we are working hard to serve. Um, you do make a difference. And um, even for a person like you, uh, hopefully you hear that. I want you to hear that. Um, and your time is really, really appreciated and valued. And if there's anything that I or we can do for you, please let us know. Um, and so once again, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I appreciate all you do to make a difference and the work that you're doing matters. So I'm just honored to be a part of it. And together, we're going to keep on impacting these school leaders to make a difference in our, our teachers' lives and our students' lives, because that's what it's all about. So thank you so much. And God bless you. Yeah, bless you too. Leaders, I want to know, um, like we, of course, appreciate John Gordon, um, know that you're valued too, um, even though your day is hard and your weeks are sometimes just brutal, um, we will continue to do everything we can to circle you up and create community. And we hope during this time that you've heard your professional development, your ongoing collaboration is vital. Taking care of yourself is really important so you can take care of others. And sometimes that's easier said than done. But we will do everything we can in our power to help you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders, be well.